driven by a melody and pursued by a monster, will Hiroshi escape his fate in Common Rider Zio? Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. What'd you think, Alex? I just feel calmed. <laughs> Welcome feel back calm. to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we're discussing Common Rider Zio as the first of our four-part Toku miniseries here to start off the new year, Alex. We've got Common Rider Zio, Common Rider J. Ultraman the next and Shin Ultraman. And I'm excited uh, about all four of these. Uh, but it wasn't always this simple. Oh, At one point, right. we had considered doing Avatar. Yes. And I called it Audible and switched to the films that were about a fourth of the length of each Avatar movie. Common Rider Zio and Common Rider J. Yes, you did. <laughs> you still managed to watch both of those other films, though. Uh, it j- just somehow. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't able to finish the first Avatar before I went and saw the new one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I've just had a lot going on. So, I mean, I, I watched these Common Rider films in like four sittings each. So four sittings each. <laughs> Yeah, I had to watch them like in 10-minute chunks. Um, oh, my gosh. That is so weird for you, man. Yeah. For a 45-minute movie, you watched it in chunks? Yeah, I know. I know. I was laughing about it, actually, oh at work gosh. today because I was like sitting on my lunch we break. Told, like, we totally like, switched places. Yeah, we did, except for mine was like even minor, even <laughs> even more egregious. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, you can, you can give me a hard time all you want about choosing Common Rider over Avatar, Alex. But but we all know that the special effects that we're looking for falls under the Common Rider category. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, 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 yes. The practical <laughs> effects are definitely desirable, but when they're as good as Avatars, I don't know if you you have a pretty good argument of of. Uh, you know what that what it can really bring but that being said there's a set there's some sets here that are just oozing personality that i absolutely love for sure well let's jump into it then uh because the one thing i wouldn't want is an episode longer than the film itself so (laughs) and we have to be careful with these because they're only 45 minutes so let's jump in to common rider zio all right, Celebrating Common Rider's 40th anniversary in 2011, Common Rider Zio was released on pay-per-view in Japan and stands as a standalone Common Rider film with some loose connection 
to some other entities in the franchise. Knowing that you have more insight into the series as a whole, Alex, I want to ask you, does Kamen Rider Zio function as a solid footing for the franchise, or should new viewers look elsewhere for something more to Common Rider size? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, first off, like, this film is guaranteed to give you ADHD. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's just everywhere. It's everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> Until the final battle. Not the movie. Um, because in the final battle, it feels like it becomes more cohesive, and then it just kind of stays on its final battle path. Uh, but as someone who has watched other common writer stuff, not much, but the original series, Kuga a little bit, uh, just a few random moments from the mm-hmm. Rayla stuff. It's clear that while this is a great one to show people, uh, for its effects, if you're wanting to get them into common writer, I don't know how great it is. Yes, Common Rider, especially um, Heisei and the Showa era, both of those are much more uh, that are darker than like Ultraman. Um, you know, people die a lot; they get turned into like pools of blood. They, like it, it, lots of people get killed in these shows, and they are dark, but they're not quite like this. And the monster designs, like the like the spider, not quite. It's an over, it's an even more over the top common rider mm-hmm. design than what we would normally see. Now you might see that more in the uh, in the Heisei era of common mm-hmm. rider where things got really cool. I, just because I've seen some of the show the these costumes from the black, which is around the same period of time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how great of an entry point is, especially if they're wanting to watch more uh, modern Common Rider. It's really not in line with it. But if you're a Toku fan, I don't know how you could go wrong with this one. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, so two things stand out to me about this film almost immediately. It's got the 80s feel. As I said, it was released in 2011, like on pay-per-view in Japan. But this thing was made in 1993. Is that true? Right? Yeah. Uh, but I, it had to be released some other way, but, but yeah, it, yeah. In 2011, it was like re-released or I don't, it I'm had to sure be re-released the, because this entire is, story. Yeah. Yeah. It had to, it had to have been re-released or something. Exactly. Cause this definitely has that eighties feel. That's the first thing I noticed. And the second thing is the lack of dialogue. I, I don't feel that it has that ADHD element, um, as far as the storyline is concerned. Um, but it's at not times, the storyline. It's more of the the visuals and like uh-huh. one moment you're walk, you're a man walking to a strange child on a bridge. Uh-huh. Uh, you're looking at a clock, and then suddenly there's a nature montage, and then it's like <laughs> then we're back at the bridge, and then we're going on an adventure where a where a dad appears out of nowhere. It's just like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just chaos. It's it's, it's fast paced to be sure. Um, and honestly, yeah, there's just not much dialogue. It, it feels like a silent film sometimes. And I actually love that about it mm-hmm. because I think this still does have a driving narrative despite that lack of dialogue. Um, I think it's, it's relatively easy to follow throughout because it's just a simple story. Um, but the 80s feel that I mentioned, it begins with that melody 
which as Neely pointed out, as I was watching it a couple nights ago, and she was kind of just listening, she said it sounds to her like Stranger Things. And I think there are some similarities you could draw between the most recent season, especially, and Zio. Uh. Um, the, the effects here are definitely late 80s, early 90s, uh, but in that classic B-movie type of way. But if, if B-movie type of way is done to the best of its ability and effort, um, obviously, to me at least, I, I see a whole lot of craft that was put into the miniature work, oh, yeah. the costumes, the stop-motion animation, the limited CG. Um, were you as impressed as the effects as I was? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really an impressive feat. Uh, there are... I just figured... I figured there was, there's not... This couldn't have had too huge a budget and yet this thing is trying outlandish stuff right like stuff that it should never try to do it's at least trying and making it look somewhat good yes exactly it's that that budget definitely was minimal um and even some of the common rider black stuff from this era it's the vibe there is very similar to here it's very darkly designed uh very uh, common writer in general leans a lot more in horror than what you and me are kind of used to with Godzilla and Ultraman. And so they've really leaned at those, those horror aspects, especially at this time period, even more so than they used to, uh, which is, you could see it here. I mean, this, this takes it up to 11 though, which is why I don't know if it's a great, it's, it's a great point to show people, but I don't know if their expectations will be in line. Because we get really cool things. I think people's expectations would be more in line with two of my disappointments in this movie, actually. We okay. see the the Batman um, looking villain, right? It's this bat thing. Uh, it doesn't look as good as some of the other stuff. It's a little hokey. It is a little scary, kind of, as well. And then we also have like our main villain. He looks really awesome, but he can't move <laughs> in the suit, which is why he kind of fights with the lasers coming from his chest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when you see something like the show stealer here, which is this Spider Woman thing, mm. it's like completely terrifying. It has that split bottom jaw, but it's got like that kind of like a weird beauty from the nose up as yeah. well. That human element that really elevates that body horror of it. And then it's not this anthropomorphic uh, spider, really, because the nice surprise here is it actually has spider legs, which is like you expect it to be this person in a suit. And then you see the whole thing and you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you stop motion and it adds to that surreal nature of this monster. Like, it's so great. Like this, I've seen a clip of this thing before or pictures of it. And I just, I I wanted to see this because of just that. And it definitely didn't disappoint because Mm -hmm. you you have to love the creativity that went, that goes into all the designs here. Even if, even the bat one, even if I'm not a big fan of it, there is something really fun about it and dark, but I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got three to four uniquely designed monsters here. And, I'm curious again, Alex, because you would know better than me. Do you know if any of these monsters are familiar uh, in the Common Rider universe? Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of funny. Um, so they are in a way. Um, so the first one, 
so here's the first two episodes of Common Rider ever. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the original series, the first episode is the mysterious Spider-Man. Okay. And the next episode is the terrifying Batman. Spider-Man and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. First two episodes. And so, yes, these are definitely choices to okay. kind of pull from the original sh- uh, series because these two do make appearances in some of the other shows because they are, those themes are kind of iconic for Common Rider. Yeah. So I, I think we've got here, we've got Neo Life Form and it's Red Evolution. We've got Bat Hand Eyes, uh, Spider Queen, and Slime Child. Those probably aren't their... <laughs> Those probably aren't their technical names, but you know exactly who I'm talking about as I mention each one of those. I love uh, Slime not- <laughs> Child. <laughs> I'm not sure who my first personal favorite is between these, but I do wonder if Guillermo del Toro had watched this film before creating Pan's Labyrinth uh, with the hand eyes. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's the best part. That's the best part of Batman. I thought <laughs> I, I thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, "Is this where Guillermo got it?" He, he is a big <laughs> Japanese Tokusatsu fan, especially Ultraman. So, oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure he had seen it. I'm sure he's seen it. Oh yeah, there's no. I, yeah. yeah, I don't doubt it. Actually, there's no doubt. <laughs> and, and, and there's Eric, no doubt he's seen this before. What before creating Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> That's right. He saw this and immediately created Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> this was the ins- you heard it here, folks. This was the inspiration for Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so Eric, I actually got onto the wiki uh, here. Yeah, and it is Batman and Spider Woman. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. So just Marvel or Marvel and DC I love superheroes. It. I love it. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> you know, to me, Alex, one of the things I also appreciated about these films is, you know, make fun of me all you want about not being able to handle three hour Avatar films. Yes. But <laughs> I think the short runtime here makes these films unique. Um, and for what we have, I, I think they tell a compelling, though, albeit simple story. Um, One of the threads that runs through this one is how uh, the doctor is trying to create a creature without emotion Mm. because it's emotion that seems to be holding back humanity from perfection, right? At least in the eyes of Dr. Uh, Mochizuki. Now I can't help but wonder if he's projecting that idea onto humanity though, as it seems to me like he himself is hindered by his emotions He's kind of that Dr. Frankenstein type of character, creating something far more complex than a simple emotionless monster that he sets out to build. I like that, yeah. Yeah, he builds Kamen Rider, essentially. But what makes Kamen Rider successful is precisely his emotion and his desire and attachment to save Hiroshi. And with Neo Lifeform, Neo Lifeform evolves into having his own wants and desires and motives. So it gets out of its control in a similar way that Dr. Frankenstein's monster got out of control. Um, and and so it is a simple story, but there is that through line and it never to me completely goes off the rails despite being only 45 minutes. Does it have a ton of emotional depth? No. Does it have some? Yes. I think having that, that melody, uh, that song throughout, uh, helps drive uh, that emotional through line. Mm. 
Yeah. I think so too. I, I, you know, that parallel between Dr. Frankenstein and Mochizuki is pretty interesting because it's kind of like you said, like even Frankenstein regrets his creation, right? And is eventually Mm -hmm. forced to create something else. And just like Frankenstein was created, forced to create the bride of Frankenstein or the uh, Mm -hmm. bride of the monster. So I like that little parallel. Um, I thought it was, I thought the, I was wondering a lot during the movie, what, where are we going with this? Like, Mm -hmm. where is it going? But I think the payoff is worth it. Um, Mm. just to have the dad return, but also to kill him off. Uh, I'm glad they went ahead and did that. And also it doesn't go full sentimental, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. it has that pieces of it's a, it's a melancholy, right? It's bittersweet. Um, it, which, which feels, uh, par for the course with this movie, right? Mm. There's that, uh, that melody is that bittersweet melancholic, melody where yes they are reunited but it comes at a cost uh which i thought was good right and and, and music makes you calm right. <laughs> music makes you calm uh yeah I, I will say a couple things i i didn't love about this film oh. um well the main thing is the climax i i think the the final battle yeah. is great I just think it ends a little abruptly. And I'm like, wait, what just, did that just end? Yeah. Oh, uh, did he just win? Yeah. yeah <laughs> did, exactly. If he shoots the fog out of his stomach or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the final defeat of the Neo life form, you're just kind of like, ah, that's that, that happened so suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. And yeah, I think this film, I, I appreciate the 45 minutes. I, I think it probably, uh, I know, crazy of me to say, Alex. It could have added another ten oh, minutes, whoa. and I would have been okay we're, with it. We're getting in James Cameron territory over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I didn't say go over an hour. Now I said add ten minutes. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, well, hey, Alex. Before we get into our awards, MVM Plus this week is uh, a very fun one with one of our producers Christopher Clavero uh, we reviewed the Hobbit trilogy as a whole um, and he tells me he, he gives a case for for the Hobbit trilogy and taking them as standalone films and, and trying not to compare them to the original trilogy or the books which I find hard to do but but he makes a, a great case for it um, we also talk about uh, a kaiju con that he is helping to put on in his home state of Arizona. And we also talk about our personal connections with uh, Guillermo del Toro to bring it back to him. Uh, his latest release Pinocchio on Netflix, which we both myself and Chris loved. Uh, but he had especially personal connections to that film, which he was also uh, I love to hear. A wooden boy. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, and so it was, it was a, solid episode of MVM plus I think and you can find that over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod become a bargain base might you can access that episode in our entire backlog for two dollars two dollars a month Alex Ooh. I call that a bargain that's right for the bargain base might and that's a deal that's all year not just Black Friday just so you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> New Year special, Alex, for 2023. All year. All year. We're releasing MEM Plus for $2 a month. <laughs> uh, let's get into our staple awards. Compelling character. Who do you got? Um, I had bad guy. <laughs> Also known as our Neo life form. Uh, also known as, I think his name was Neonoid, right? And then he turns into mm-hmm. Doris, or uh, I don't Doris. <laughs> Doris? <laughs> D-O-R-A-S. I have not Doris. But yeah, he's our, he's our Neo life form. I mean, we got a few, but he's our big bad. I really like the way that when he's... Uh, He's just really intriguing, especially early on when he's getting his limbs removed, and then he immediately replaces them with metal. Uh, mm-hmm. That was cool. And then he comes back later, and he's like regenerated, I guess. Uh, some of his stuff's like a little odd, like his uh-huh. his, his life cycle and all that. It, it's a little strange. Um, I feel like we're not everything's quite explained for him, but he just feels like a Terminator type character that just seems unstoppable again my only gripe with him is that he just can't move in that suit even though it looks awesome uh and then his evolution he's got a little pokemon evolution where he just changes colors (laughs) really but (laughs) i liked him i liked him what about you eric oh yeah uh so mine was the grandpa um who ends up taking care of the boy right yes um (laughs) <laughs> their relationship you know what it reminded me of alex first of all the grandpa just has an amazing wardrobe right it stands out mm-hmm. in this film that's really serious the grandpa i can't take him seriously right <laughs> uh because of what he wears <laughs> he reminds me his relationship with uh his grandson reminds oh, me of the relationship Schindler's list oh Close. All monsters attack. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> All monsters attack Ichiro and his neighbor, <sighs> right? Uh, there's just something there. It's just the slight camaraderie that they have, like the the um, eccentric nature of the grandpa. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me a little bit of that neighbor figure in All Monsters Attack, uh, <laughs> which one are your favorites, Alex? I know. Um, but, I like that yeah, relationship. Though. All monsters attack. Both of those, really. Both of the both of those are great. They just remind me of the grandpa. The cool thing about this movie and All Monsters Attack is this is shorter than All Monsters Attack and way better. <laughs> <laughs> Most memorable line award. What'd you have? Uh, my dad said says music makes people calm. Has this man never heard of Metallica? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Metallica cover of that melody would actually be really cool. You know, that like would an be electric cool. metal. That would and be then you have it played by the the kid on uh, Stranger Things. Go back to him, Eddie. There you yeah. go. That would be that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. Uh, what about you? So my most memorable line comes from uh, Masaru Aso, who is common writer here. Um, he takes the boy um, and they're on the bridge, right? And this is interesting scene. I, I think I know what it's going for here, but, but he says this to the boy, everyone is trying to fill their lives, 
lives of full of love. You can't destroy that. And they're like looking out over the bridge at the city. And it reminds me of the scene in this book, um, How Do You Live, which is this Japanese book that is, is kind of like a Huckleberry Finn, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird style book mm-hmm. that Japanese school children read in Japan. How do you live? Miyazaki, actually, Alex, uh, in, in 2023 here, has a movie coming out. He says it's his final movie, but he said that about the last three. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> How Do You Live? He's, he's actually created a film based off this book. Um, I heard about that connection, and so I read the book maybe last year. Mm. And there's a scene in that book where the main character and his uncle figure are looking out over the city and considering the ramifications and like uh, kind of their connection to people and how they don't, the people don't even realize that they're looking down at them um, and just considering how big the world is and how vast it is. And that's what the scene reminds me of because that's what I think it's trying to go for because they're on that bridge. They're kind of looking out at the city and also says that line, everyone's trying to fill their lives, lives full of love. You can't destroy that. I just thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I'm a, a sucker for those uh, existential type of lines anyway. So I had to go with that one. <laughs> I do. I do. Do you think that that, that moment was inspired by that book? I, I, would, I would be surprised if, if uh, the writers had not read that book, okay. actually. It, I. It, Based off what I've heard, it seems it's like it's that popular in Japan. So I would I would not be surprised. Would you say this is a uh, faithful adaptation of that book? <laughs> <laughs> it's a better adaptation of Schindler's List than How Do You Live. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's not completely true. It's probably a better adaptation of How Do You Live, if I'm being serious. <laughs> Uh, except for common rider tries to save people Uh, (laughs) so does schindler's list yeah so does schindler right (laughs) all right let's move on Uh, (laughs) i can't believe the acting award alex what'd you have for can't believe that i gave it to the slime boy (laughs) Slime, slime child, child. slime a, child, slime child. Uh, uh, this thing was creepy. Uh, I couldn't tell half the time whether it was actually some small child putting their face in this little thing, or some weird <laughs> animatronic thing because of the way it moved. At times. I have no idea. Uh, not animatronic, but like puppet. And, and so I, it's it gets my award for being a nice little creepy mirror like prop because it just looks like it's a mirror with slime on it. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> so I love the thought. I love the thought of like a kid actually like they, they had like a layer of slime like stretched thin. <laughs> and the kid sticks his face up and starts like talking. Yeah, exactly. That poor that, that kid is <laughs> running out of breath because he can't breathe. <laughs> and that's why he got my award because of all that all those breathing issues he probably had, that poor slime <laughs> child. Uh, mine goes, I can't believe the acting goes for uh, Isao Sasaki, who played Dr. Mochizuki, uh, just because he had the most range in this film, honestly. Uh, he had to sell some more serious moments, 
but he also had some more sinister moments. So he had the most range overall. Uh, acting's not really something I'm looking too closely at in in this film. To be I would honest, give him but, my laziest uh, actor award for just sitting there all the time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to move much when he you know he's trapped. <laughs> Uh, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot. Uh, I gave it to the spider death. You know, she gets she gets killed by a common rider, and then she uh, folds mm. up like a spider, and it transitions into like the r- real spider, I guess, uh, showing that it was kind of like this like weird dimension that they were fighting in, uh, yeah. which was just a really cool moment. But that transition there was really neat. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's great. My uh, award goes to the montage scene. <laughs> the one that I talked about? The nature, nature montage. <laughs> I'm a sucker for montage scenes, but anytime you let an eagle soar <laughs> within the montage scene, man, you, you sold were, me. You have you sold me. You it next level. And you, you, have, you have struck an emotional chord within me and added another minute to the film that you needed to add it. <laughs> Sold me. You just needed a sunset during all that. <laughs> oh, it was great. All right, unique award, Alex. I have coolest creature award, and I, based off what you've been saying already, I, I think you might agree. I have Spider Woman. Yes, it's a good pick. Yeah, definitely, definitely the coolest, yep. and, and definitely the coolest between even this movie and, and the next one. Um, uh, and um. Mine yeah, is the I Take Ritalin Now Award, and that goes to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. This is one of those movies that does push an, probably 80 minutes of content into 45 Yeah, minutes. well, it, it, uh, honestly, the it, and it's, again, the final battle is, like, very by the books. But it said mm-hmm. it said before that it is just like it reminded me, <laughs> not quite, but it did remind me for some reason of, uh oh what is it, the the black and white Japanese movie that's just insane, man it's something man right, oh uh, yeah, uh, um, oh. What was that movie that we watched? We watched it in its sequel. The Metal Man? Yeah, it's got the metal. It? It's got the guy. Oh, oh, metal. Man. What was that movie called? Japanese movie. <laughs> metal Man. Oh, Tetsuo the Iron yeah. Man. Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I made that connection too. I think oh, uh, we reviewed that on another podcast. Yes. And I think when I watched Tetsuo... I even made that connection to Common Rider Zio because oh, there is that before. in here. Yeah. Yeah, because I had seen this. This is my second time watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, I don't know why I made that connection. I mean, I know why. But it is, is it's interesting that we both actually made that connection. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's valid. I, I, I do. I think there's something valid there in the, the type of filmmaking. This is a little bit darker than what you might be expecting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a strong horror element throughout. So, yeah, I think that's a valid connection. So let's get into our final thoughts and tiered rating. I'll go ahead and tell you, Alex, I think I'll start. This is 
uh, an upper tier Gamera film for me. Um, probably doesn't quite reach that Godzilla tier film. Um, I'm probably looking for something feature length, though not overlong. You know, maybe 80 minutes, maybe. Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, if it's if it's longer than a children's length movie from the 30s, it's not really fitting for Eric. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, though, um, you can give me Avatar grief all you want, Alex. But uh, no, I think this movie could have been stretched out a little yeah. bit. That just would have helped with that emotional undercurrent, um, which I thought was still there. It, it did remarkable things for 45 minutes, but it could have been fleshed out more for sure. I think the origins of Common Rider and the Common Rider lore also could have been added because, as you said at the beginning, this may or may not be a good introduction to Common Rider. Um, it's got certainly elements, and it might intrigue you to watch more, um, but it, it may not give you everything that you need to get started with Common Rider. With that said, though, I can obviously see the craft that went into this thing, and I love the attention to detail and the ambition that we see here. There's, there's not a whole lot of movies that with this limited of a budget that would be this ambitious um, and make it work. Mm. But Kamen Rider Zio does it. Um, and they do it in ways through their sets, through their creature design, um, through just very creative set pieces. They make it work. So uh, hats off to this entire team that put this, this film together because I was impressed, not just the first time, but now watching it a second time. So yeah, it's on that cusp of a Godzilla tier, but you can't quite get there for me just because of a couple of limitations that it has. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're right. I'm right there with you. This is definitely a, a, a strong camera tier for me, but it is ultimately held back a little bit by its narrative. Uh, I didn't really feel much of an emotional connection uh, during the movie, but it definitely is a fun showcase for effects uh and they're so good that it really it really does carry a lot of the movie but it's also you know really well crafted like this isn't a sloppily put together movie um Mm -hmm. it is made very well with high production values and just a lot of really cool stuff going on and uh, you know what you know what we needed eric we just need a little more time with Mm -hmm. common rider on his bike that, that that thing that's one thing that the, the this film really didn't really lean into is that the bike is almost like a character for for common rider and then it's just it's just not here um at all but you know it's 45 minutes you gotta pick and choose your battles i get it but we are just missing a few elements to keep this from a god from a godzilla tier but again i would recommend it to anyone that is interested in toku but also with a bit of an asterisk if they're interested in Common Rider to let them know this is maybe not quite what you're going to get when you watch the show. Nice. Yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> next next week, Alex, we have Common Rider J. Will it be a piece of nice filet or will it overextend its stay? It... <laughs> That it's going to be tough to overextend its stay because it's also 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to extend its stay when it's so brief. It, there's hardly a delay. 
But Ooh. if you go on YouTube, you can watch it and not even have to pay. It's for free. <laughs> it's for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a two forty pay. <laughs> oh man! Well, Alex, this episode is like almost. 40 minutes now so we better wrap yeah, up yeah, we don't want to overdo we don't want to <laughs> overshadow the film you know that no, would be embarrassing no. you know, just for the movie not us <laughs> for the movie as always thank you for listening to monsters versus men you can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com um, and we'd love to hear from you you can also follow us and message us on twitter and instagram at nvm underscore pod become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash nvm pod we've got that 2023 special we just talked about earlier and receive weekly bonus content including (laughs) special reviews interviews and host chats and if you can't join at this time a review or a share definitely helps monsters versus men is produced by alex cornett executive producers are kevin alexander faye basier christopher clavero john freeman and michael herndon Thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't. When the bad guy tries to bite you with his chest, don't punch him there. <laughs> and just try, and try to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. We've got bat hand eyes, uh, spider queen. And slime child. Those probably aren't their. Those probably aren't their technical names, but you know exactly who I'm talking about as I mention each one of those. I love uh, slime not- child. <laughs> 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 <laughs>